Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on place. Fumbled the bag, I still ain't got that disappointment to shake. So now I'm trying to double up on every dollar I make. Money don't buy you happiness, it sure don't take it away. I'm smiling hard as hell, that time I step in the bank. We can't be making reckless moves, cause there's so much at stake When you got some shit to lose, your decisions gon' change Cause every action got a consequence, consider your ways Hardest thing to do in life is elevate through your pain I can relate to feeling like your life is stuck in the face Giving effort, but results just keep remaining the same Have some patience with yourself, shit ain't as bad as you claim I seen the homeless nigga smile while he was standing in rain It's all about perspective Chillin', catching blessings, and cryptocurrency been busting, and I'm well invested. She know that if she rock with me, then she gon' stay protected. Cause even when this shit get hectic, I ain't never stressin'. I'm legend. 
I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can't waste, I'm putting food on place. Yeah. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Your boy David Bellard, one fourth of the Black Wealth Renaissance, checking in with my co-host Jalen. How you feeling, bro? What up? What up? What up? It's your boy Jalen, man. Another quarter of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Feeling good, feeling great, man. Energy going amazing. I'm still amped up slash exhausted from last night's event, but it was amazing. Very great energy. People coming in from all over. Like I said, man. I just, I'm still on the highs, man. And we had people flying from Chicago, people driving in from Mississippi, Mississippi Baton, Baton Rouge, Rouge, man. So Houston, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Great turnout. It was a celebration of black excellence, the Renaissance Mixer. If you wasn't there, you missed it. But don't worry, we'll be yeah. back sometime soon. Y'all stay posted on that. But as always, y'all, we back again with another great episode. Before we hop into it, introduce our guests. Want to ask that y'all leave that five star rating and review. Always leave those. You know, it helps us grow the platform, continue yeah. to get this information out. If you find anything beneficial that we share on this platform, make sure you share it with a friend. We're just really trying to grow and continue to spread this message and grow this movement. And with that said, got to introduce our guest for the day. We have a great brother out of Chicago who came down for the mixer and yeah. this podcast, and so we're very grateful for it. He is. How old are you? 26? 26. 26 years old. Come on. 30 plus rental property units, man. Working with one of the biggest tax planning firms in the Midwest to help our people get their financial planning and tax planning right. And just an all around great brother in terms of business and education. Great man. Been connecting with him for a while. Mr. Eugene Marshall, how you doing? My God, let's pop. Yeah, let's pop. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Last night was a vibe. Yeah, yeah. straight, straight vibe, movie. Glad I had the opportunity to just be a part of the experience for sure. Hey man, hey man appreciate, appreciate you coming, you for through, coming bro. through. Like it really was dope, and we appreciated you coming through. You know, speaking, sharing some of the knowledge that you had with our people in that little brief time, and just enjoying the vibe. What we was all about is connecting black excellence, and really glad that you was able to come and connect with us because every time we talk, it's just like, yeah, man, you got that energy, man. Yeah, it's, like it's, brother it's Dre said, man, you just come in, you come in with that energy, bro. He got on the mic too, you know, had people turned up. So it was definitely a great vibe, bro. Yeah, it was. You know, a lot of people actually was like, hey, man, I really like the message. It was short, mm -hmm. but it was a you message. You got the gym there. on them, bro. It was a message there. And folks just like, yo, man, I really like the message. You know, I love if we can connect and create a relationship that can outlive the event. And for me, that's what it's really about, right? Mm -hmm. So you have intent and then you have impact. And mm. every single thing that we do, we always got to be conscious of the impact that we're leaving, even if it's just a casual conversation. So for me, me attending events like that, doing podcasts like this is an opportunity for me to be able to go ahead and move forward in my journey of leaving an impact. Mm. So for me, man, it was huge. I win the next one. Uh, got to be another one. Next Shit. one, we're either looking at, well, we're doing July. July, yeah, July 31st, we're doing, it's going to be a two-day event at Cowboy Stadium. More details on that coming soon. On the way. Be on the lookout for that one. That one's going to be great. Yeah. Blackwell Weekend is what we call it now. Blackwell yeah. Weekend. Yes, sir. Yeah. Let's get it. But, Gene, man, I want to say again, thank you for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate you, you know. And we want to get, like, our audience familiar with you. Like, we know you. We've been kicking it yeah. for a minute. But can you give our people an introduction to you? Like, who is Gene? And what was your start in all of this entrepreneurial journey, man? Yeah, so for those that don't know me, 
My name is Eugene Marsh. You folks just call me Gene. I'm a parallel entrepreneur, professional real estate investor. I currently have uh, 31 units um, located on the south side of Chicago. I also have rental cars as well. And I also built a six-figure uh, self-defense company by the name of Windy City Defense that specializes in concealed carry as well as um, boxing classes as well. Um, that's pretty much my business accolades. I do a few other things as well. Oh, and I also partner with a tax firm by the name of Badu Tax Services, where we have the fastest growing tax firm in the Midwest. And our goal is essentially to reduce our clients' tax liability. And so born and raised on the south side of Chicago, grew up in the hood, you know, typical black family story, if you mm -hmm. will. You know, didn't really know my mom like that. She wasn't really around. We started to truly build a relationship maybe like three or four years ago. My dad was present in my early stages, but my dad started to get hooked on drugs. Mm -hmm. So those teenage from from me from 13 to maybe 20, 21, my dad wasn't present. Mm -hmm. Right. I had an absentee father because my father was in the streets. And the reality of it was it wasn't that. He was a bad dad because he was. He was a good dad, but he just made bad decisions. And I think oftentimes we have to get to a place within ourselves internally and mature a bit and understand that sometimes we put a lot of pressure on people to be perfect, mm. right? And then with our parents, we want our parents to be perfect. Yeah. But the reality of it is that it's, it's just not person. the reality. People not right? perfect. And people not perfect, you know, so... My dad was on drugs. Thankfully, he's clean now. Yeah. Um, shout out to Pops. And so, yeah, shout out to Pops. So grew up in the hood, man. Didn't really have no journey, no sense of direction, if you will. I graduated from Simeon with a 1.6 GPA. And my mentors at the time was just like, yo, you got to go to college. Like, just go for a year and at least get the experience. If you like it, cool, you stay. If you don't like it, then whatever. At least you can go and say you went. So with me graduated with a 1.6 GPA, I was like, if I did a 1.6 GPA in high school, ain't no way in hell I'm about to succeed in college. Like, that's over with. Mm -hmm. And so the reality of it was I wasn't dumb or illiterate. I just hung around the wrong people and I didn't apply myself. Mm -hmm. So long story short, I ended up going to NIU where I met Brian, the infamous mm -hmm. CPA. And I got into NIU. I actually failed the test to get into NIU. I was about to ask, because, I mean, you had a 1.6 GPA. That's not an easy thing to get into college, right? Really. Nah. Yeah. So they had, a, they had a chance program at NIU, and then I actually failed, like, this little placement test or whatever to get in. Mm -hmm. But luckily at the time... Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? 
head over to amazon.com forward slash prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. My fraternity brother, now my fraternity brother, he was over admissions. And my mentor was a Kappa Alpha Psi member. And they was doing their thing at the time. So I was able to get in based on that relationship. At that moment, that's mm. when I realized the power of relationships. Mm. Right? And so I was able to get in. And I remember my first day there, it was so overwhelming. I had a headache. I was like, yo, this not finna work. Yeah, I'm driving around the campus with my mentor. He like, yeah, look at the dorms, yada, yada. I'm like, yo, fuck this. Like, take me back to the hood. Like, it's take me back to, take to the crib. In. It was too much to take yeah. in. Now, the first weekend was lit. <laughs> that, that party. It was a welcome party. I'm seeing all these beautiful women. I'm just like, From all, right, all hold over on. the world. This might be a thing. You still trying to go back to the hood? <laughs> no, this, this, this might be a thing. And so I knew that I had to get some income coming in, right? So my first goal was to get a job. So end up getting a job, end up, you know, applying myself, and I end up finishing school with a 3.4 GPA. Yes. So that's kind of how I got started. Very, very humble beginnings. Some mentors was just like, yo, you got to go to college, check it out, end up going, end up pledging Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, finished school, got a degree in tech, and started working in tech and cybersecurity immediately when I got out, Mm -hmm. right? But I knew that, yo, like, working a job may not get me to where I want to go. And I didn't start to discover this until I started reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Of course, when everybody come across, when most people come across Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's the book, man. That's the one that started this. They life them that start to change, Yeah, right? So that's kind of how I got started. It was that book. That is hard, man. And it's a lot of things in your journey that I kind of want to highlight and kind of want to touch upon. One of the very first things is you having a mentor. How did you find those mentors whenever you were going throughout life? Like you said, you didn't really have any type of direction. You had an absentee father and everything. How'd you find that, that uh, those mentors and get connected with at least some type of male presence mm. who was guiding? Mm. Yeah, that's a very good question. I'm a firm believer in us being spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, this is ironic, right? This is how I know there's something higher than just us as people, right? There's an author. There's an author. Yeah. And I got involved in this program called YAP, Youth Advocate Program, that was on the south side of Chicago. And in order for you to get into the program, you had to be considered an at-risk youth. Mm. So you were either at risk of gun violence or you were either considered at risk of going to jail based on your demographic and the things that you were involved with. Mm. And so I had a buddy of mine that was already in the program, and so he had a mentor, but I was always with him. And so since I was always with him, the mentor would allow me to come with them as well. Mm. And so he was just like, yo, since you're always around, we got to figure out a way to get you into this program. Mm-hmm. So he was able to get me in the program. So it turned from just me partnering with some random guy to keep me busy so I wasn't hanging out in the streets to a lifelong mentorship with this person, right? This person completely changed my life, right? And then I also met another person, which was the person that got me into college. So for me, getting the mentorship early was just one, I guess we can say being at the right place at the right time. And although I was hanging with the wrong people, I was also hanging with the right people because Mm. it led me to get to where I'm at right now, Mm -hmm. right? Outside of that, my ability to create mentors 
has always been me coming from a humble spirit, you know, realizing that I want more. Mm-hmm. And if I want more for myself, then I need to connect or get in alignment with somebody that can position me to be able to get what I want. Right. And everybody here is saying, you know, somebody that worked behind a cashier at McDonald's can't teach you how to make a million dollars if they never made a million dollars. Right. So for me, there is no new wisdom in the world. Yeah. Right. The wisdom is already out there. So when we hear something new for the first time, it's really not new. It's just new to you. It's just new to you. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to connect with people who have information that you don't have. And that's why I believe that your conversations equal your compensation. So for me, finding a mentor starts with one, coming from a humble spirit. Mm -hmm. And then two, trying to find people who have accomplished what you're striving to accomplish and just reach out. You know, the nature of people in general is they want to help. Yeah. They want to teach. They want to figure out ways to give back. It fills your cup whenever you help fill somebody else. Exactly. They want to figure out ways to give back. Now, granted, some people might charge. Yeah. To mentor them, to get mentored by them, you know, based on what you want. So that's kind of how I went about it. But it's still powerful the way that, like you said, being young and you were hanging out with the wrong people and the right people, you could have easily been persuaded to go down that other path. Mm -hmm. And you could have definitely. Yeah, like, because a lot of people don't realize, like, at that age, you're very influential. Like, you could be influenced to do a lot of shit Mm -hmm. between the ages of 13 to, like, 19, 2021, 20, even 2021, I'll still say sometimes people can get influenced to do some crazy shit. So, like, the fact that you hanging out with the friend that had the mentor and you were able to observe and see, oh, yo, this is some good stuff. Like, this is a different type of thing. And it's that exposure. Like you always said, the exposure leads to expansion. Once you expose to different things, that's whenever you get to expand that mindset and you get to broaden your horizons. Because a lot of times, even with you going to school, right, you went to school and it was a lot to take in at times. Like you said, you got the dorms, you got the football stadium over here, you got the rack that you can go to over here. I got to show you where the cafe at. This is where your class is at. It's like, yo, this is a lot. Like, I'm coming from the south side of Chicago. Like, all I know is the neighborhood. You know, we got the corner store. We got these people I see on the corner all the time. I don't know, like, how much you are out of, like, your block and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, like, just getting into that environment, it can be a lot to take in. But once you're exposed to it, you're also exposed to so many different types of people as well. Mm -hmm. You get to experience and you get to network with people from different type of backgrounds. So now you're connecting with people who might be of Indian background or you might be connecting with people who are of Hispanic background. And now they're telling you some of their experiences and you're like, damn, I didn't even know you could do that. I didn't even know that this was some things that's out here. Literally. So now, once again, that's that exposure. And now, if you're really a curious person, you're going to go do your own research. Mm -hmm. And that's whenever the light bulb goes off. Mm -hmm. A A lot of times... People hear certain things and are not curious. They don't go do their own research. They don't take the time out to actually go figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. People drop gems on people a lot of times. You, you get, but sometimes you get gems don't... on a podcast all day. Exactly. You can listen to books all day, listen to podcasts all day, but until you take like that extra step to not only take information, go seek the information for yourself, and then take action, no change is going to occur. So I kind of want to ask you, Gene... What made you decide to go with the program, right? Like, as you said, as a youth, you felt kind of directionless. You know, you, the father figure was absent for the time being. 
Like, what attracted you to that program? Was it just, what was it? So, again, my father wasn't around. Yeah. Right? And I didn't really have no source of income. Mm-hmm. And the program also hired the folks that was in the program. They gave them jobs. So, That's for me, it was like, oh, damn, so I can go work if I go do this? Right? I wanted to get the money. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, okay, cool. Let me go do this. Plus, they kept me on. I was busy. We was doing different activities, going to Six Flags. You know, it was really designed to give you the exposure to see what's possible. Mm. And you're either paying attention or you're going to miss what's possible for you. Right? And so, for me, it was really that opportunity of, oh, okay, if I do this, one, I can enjoy life a bit more because my family don't necessarily have the financial resources that will allow for me to travel. And when I say travel, I mean like within the inner city of Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, and do certain things. But through this program, I can. And on top of that, I can get paid to work. Yeah, I need new gym shoes. Like, I need clothes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I want to be able to go and buy a hat at the store if I want to go buy a hat. I don't want to have to ask somebody for something if right. I need it. Exactly. And ask and can't get it. Right? Yeah. Ask and can't get it. So, for me, that was what attracted me to the program. Mm. Okay. That's real so, dope. So, quick commercial break because I want to go into something else. A spiral water, y'all. Black on water. Real good for your body. Good for your mind. Mouth watering. Alkaline. Ionized. 9.5 pH. Y'all get that. Link in the show notes to Spiral Water. Yes, sir. All right. Now, I want to get into the decision to go into tech in college, mm. right? Mm. Because I want to know where did that come from for you? Because I think that's an easy part to glaze over on your journey. Yeah. But whenever you said like you went into tech, that means when you came out of college, you got a job, you went to what is likely a six-figure earning job. Yeah. Something yeah. that was able to help set you up a little bit better to gear you up for this entrepreneurial piece. So I yeah. want to ask, how did you get interested in the tech part? You know what? You are a very smart person. And the reason why I say this is because when I share my journey, they never ask about that part. They it, never it, ask about that it, part. It's all, it all plays together, bro. That part is one of the biggest parts. Mm-hmm. It was a foundation for me. So for me, this is how I got into tech. So at first, it was like, all right, cool. I, I need a major in college, right? You mm-hmm. got to have a major in some. So I was like, immediately, freshman year, declare business. I didn't know what I was going to do in business, mm-hmm. but I was going to do business. So did business. Then I ended up doing accounting. And then I was like, okay, you know, this is cool. Maybe I'm going to do accounting. So took the first accounting course that we had to take. And then we had to do accounting too. And then couldn't really get through accounting too like that. B-Rob, Brian, if it was CPA, he was my tutor. And so it was like, all right, like, yeah, nah, like this, yeah, I ain't gonna be able to do that this. That accounting shit start getting complicated. Yeah, it started I ain't gonna getting lie, way bro. too complicated. It was like, all right, cool. You say I gotta do what? Journal here? Nah, I'm good. And so I was like, all right, you know what? This was my mindset this time. I was like, I wanna be a boss. Mm. So if I wanna be a boss, that means I need to go into business management. I need to learn how to manage people and manage shit. So I declare business management. Imagine at this time, I'm not in any of the actual core classes yet. I'm still taking my like gen yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. to get into my actual major. And so one of the classes I had to take was this operations management information system class. And it was an entry-level class. And it was a lot about data. Mm-hmm. And what they had discovered was that there were going to be more jobs in tech than there would be people. Damn. Wow. Because of how rapidly it's growing and expanding. Exactly. There was going to be more jobs in tech than it would be people to actually 
fill those jobs. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was like, damn, okay, well, why am I in school? I'm in school to get a job. Mm-hmm. So I want the highest chance possible to get out of school and have a job right away. Because some people, unfortunately, it's not like that. They got to go home and then they sit home for six months to a year to find a job or, you know, they major into something that's not really fruitful in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, financial wise. Yeah. And so it was like, all right, cool. Let me do the tech piece. Now, the tech part was hard as hell. Mm-hmm. It was tough. It was hard. But going back to relationships, right? If I didn't have the proper people that I connected with in college, I would not have a degree in tech. It just wouldn't have happened. So got the degree in tech, and I ended up going with this pharmaceutical company at the time called AbbVie. I just go ahead and put them out there. I was working for a company called AbbVie, and I was doing cybersecurity for them. And so immediately when I came out, I was making way more than all my friends. Mm-hmm. So my starting salary when I came out was like 80000 right? I was like 22. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was 22, 23. 80,000? Yeah, bro, you good. Yeah, yeah, that's real good. Like, the the job I got out of college, I was getting paid like right under 30. Bro, I saw that shit, it was like, wait, what? Y'all gonna give me 80,000? I couldn't even tell my family how much I was making. (laughs) I was scared to tell them. Because they was gonna be. Yeah. ATM. ATM. Oh, he rich. You know? Mm -hmm. So it was like, all right, cool, I got the 80,000. However, going into the workforce, Imagine how I already kind of like started to pre-program my mind with the Robert Kiyosaki books, Cash Flow Quadrant, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, Retire Young, Retire Rich, all that good stuff. And so I had made it up in my mind that, yo, I'm going to leave within the first year. Right. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to do it. I'm going to leave within the first year. I didn't leave within the first year. (laughs) And the reality of it was that part of it was that I had unrealistic expectations Mm -hmm. For myself, and that's one thing that I've had to learn when it comes down to setting goals and wanting to reach new milestones. You gotta have smart goals, mm. right? You gotta have smart goals and things that you can actually realize in a timely manner. So, one year without too much financial education, nah, not really happening. But year two in my job, my salary was like 115000 Wow. A That's year. a nice ass bump up for yeah. year one to year two. Yeah, I was at one hundred fifteen thousand. So for me, it was like, all right, cool. I got all this discretionary income mm-hmm. that I can leverage and play with. Mm-hmm. So I started using my job as seed capital for me to actually fund my business ideas. That's why, personally, I'm an advocate of having a job. Mm-hmm. Honestly, because it gives you a secure check. Right. Of course, there's no such thing as job security. If anybody has the opportunity, they can fire you. They can fire you at any point in time. But usually speaking, if you do the work, you show up. You know, you gonna get paid. You gonna get paid, right? So you ain't gotta worry about where the check coming in at. You know, it's gonna hit Friday direct deposit. Yep. Right. So now you can use that money to go buy more money. Mm. Right. That's literally all we get. If, If we can just apply, honestly, here. Let me just take a step back. What I've realized that wealthy people understand Mm -hmm. and people in general, it's the small concepts that you can apply to get wealthy. You don't got to be super smart and got to know all the intricacies of real estate or taxes or e-commerce or whatever, trucking, whatever it it is. It's good if you want to be rich in that business, but you don't need to know that. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know small, basic concepts. Mm -hmm. And one of the smallest basic concepts that anybody can understand is get money 
buy income. Mm. Get money, buy more money. Yeah, passive That's income it. at that. Passive. You take the money from whatever it is, your business, your job, and then you go place it into things that will produce you more income. That's the only way you get free. Mm-hmm. Getting free don't just happen. No, it don't. You got to work towards that. You literally have to buy your own freedom. Mm. That's the only way you're going to get it. Message. So you got to ask yourself, how much is my freedom worth to me? Sit back and ask yourself, like, yo, like, how much is my freedom worth to me? And then you got to start asking yourself, okay, how much is it going to cost me mm. to get free? Mm. And then you got to start digging deeper. Mm. Okay, how can I afford to get free? Okay, now you start asking yourself, how can I afford to get free? What's the plan? Mm. What's the plan? And you may not know the plan. But at least you asking yourself these questions. At least you asking yourself these questions. And if you don't know the plan, then that means you need to connect with somebody that can help you build a plan. Mm. That's, That's why mentorship, mentorship is so important. This boy good, man. Hell yeah, man. I'm telling you. That's why the mentorship piece is so important. And for a lot of folks, you know, black people, my people, right? Sometimes we don't want to work with people that's our age or that's younger than us because we're too prideful. Mm -hmm. Or our friend that we know that's getting money. We're too prideful to be like, yo, Jalen, can you put me on government contracts? Can you put me on X, Y, and Z? You know, because we don't want to give Jalen or David or Eugene the credit to say he helped me. Mm -hmm. You a fool. You a fool. Ain't nobody self-made. They may appear to be, mm -hmm. but I promise you they got a team in the that background. Has helped them. Mm -hmm. And even if they don't have a team, somebody's gotta buy your somebody's up. gotta buy your product yeah. or services, right? You yeah. can't be self-made that way. Nope. Somebody gotta actually believe in what you're doing. Somebody's gotta be your patron. Somebody's gotta give you word of mouth referrals. Yeah. You gotta use market like no one's self-made. You might have had a hard time getting to where you went. It might have been times where you were by yourself on the journey, but being completely self-made, never. It's false, man. It's a falsehood. Hell yeah. Ego falsehood that people have. Hell but yeah. It's dope hearing from like how you're yeah. you doing this, bro, because like, I always did wonder, not enough people talk about that job stuff is the key part of like how you got the real estate part. Yeah. Because how else you was going to start leveraging to get these properties? Everybody want to skip that part. Everybody hit a wholesale shit. Oh, I could do it. No money down. I ain't got to have no money, no cash, no credit, no nothing. I could just come. But you going to be hustling. You going to be yeah, busting you your hustle ass. You going to be real. really like getting it out the mud to for try sure. to get them deals. And like, don't get me wrong. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You want to do it. But if I got a salary, yeah, my job, it's not easy. I know your job wasn't easy. Working sure. at the tech is a stressful job probably. But yeah. you got this predictable cash flow and you use it to buy the freedom. Gene, so can we talk about your first, like, foray into real estate? What was that like? Even before that, because you made a good point. Yeah. You said at 80000 with poor financial management, what is that really? So what was that step that made you say, I need to start taking this serious, like, my financials serious, before you even got into the investing side? Mm. I had to begin going to work on myself. Mm. You know, the reality of it is... Work harder on yourself than you do on your job. Mm. Work harder on yourself than you do on your job. Hey, man, that's some Chicago nigga yeah, shit, man. man. You Carter are, told me that same I feel shit. Like, I feel like we got to give a shout out to Mr. Badu, man. I feel like yeah, he man. taught y'all that with us up. <laughs> 
No, that's really Jim Rome. Mm. Yeah, that's Jim Rome, man. One of my mentors, I study religiously, you know, faithfully, Jim Rome. I study that guy. But, you know, work harder on yourself than you do on your job because you have infinite return. Mm. Infinite return. Your job can only give you that bonus on top of that salary if you're eligible for a bonus, mm. right? But when you go to work on you, that's something that nobody can take from you because that's yours. Whether another pandemic happened and you get let go or, I mean, anything can happen. But you take your experience, mm-hmm. your skill sets, and your knowledge with you. That's why you always have to prioritize working harder on yourself than you do on your job. And that's exactly what I did. I began to start self-educating. I had to self-educate. Mm-hmm. Here's the reality of it. We all want the materialistic things. Well, not we all, but we a lot of results. us. Yeah, we want the results. We want the nice car. We want the vacations. We want the big house. We want those things. We don't be able to buy whatever we want, the jewelry. You know, the reality of it is we don't sit down and think about who do we have to become mm. in order to get those things. Who do we have to become in order to receive the things that we actually want, Right. And so to become that person that can acquire 31 rental units, he got to go to work on himself. Or she has to go to work on herself. She has to begin training her or his mind on a daily basis because you are what you consume. And I'm not just talking about what you eat. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about your environment. I'm talking about what you read. Social media, right? YouTube. Right? What are you doing in your spare time that's going to get you ahead? That's why I love the weekend. Mm. Separates the champions from Yeah. Yeah. I love weekends. Right? If you spend your weekends just watching Netflix and drinking, then you're going to get behind. Brunching, all the sports games and all of that shit. That's it. Now, I'm not saying don't live. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 at the same time. If that's the entirety of your weekend, don't be surprised if you look up in 10 years and see yourself in the same place. Exactly. Because you work at a W-2 job. So the W-2 job pretty much own you for, you know, eight hours a day for the first half. Mm-hmm. Right? And then now you got to go to work on yourself from 6 to 11. If you don't have a long commute. If you don't have a long commute. So the weekend is really your opportunity to get that business off the ground, to do that research, to do that self-improvement, that personal development. Mm-hmm. So I had to begin doing that personal development on myself first. And really overcome the fear, the doubts, and the uncertainty. Mm. Right? Mm. Fear, doubt, and uncertainty, they're friends. They're cousins. they best buddies. They go do everything together. They shower mm. together. They go they like know, Ed, to the Ed, club Nettie. together. <laughs> right. they like Ed, Ed, and Eddie. That's real, though. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. But the antidote to that is faith. Mm. Mm. Come on. Right? Confidence. And understanding. Sheesh. That's the antidote to fear, doubt, and uncertainty. Mm. Faith, confidence, and understanding. Right? So you literally have to sit back and ask yourself, okay, well, what side of the playing field do I want to be on? Am I going to be on the side of fear or am I going to be on the side of confidence? Because if you have faith, Mm -hmm. you can't have fear if you have faith. They can't coexist. They can't coexist. It can't be night and day at the same time. It's either night or it's day. Mm -hmm. Right? 
So for me, I had to really start to go to work on myself. And that consisted of me on YouTube. I believe in YouTube University. YouTube University. Me too. Undefeated. I got my degree in YouTube University. Audibles. Right. And I was that guy that worked in tech that had an hour and a half, hour and 45 some days, sometimes two hour commute one way. Mm-hmm. So I was spending, I was spending three hours, almost four hours a day in my car. And that's what I wanted to touch on, even with the long commute. Like you said, the audio book, there's ways you can still learn. You can listen learn. to an audio book or you can listen to Top 40 Radio and hear the same songs every day for the same two hours. Bruh, I turned my car into a university on wheels. Talk about it. I turned my car into a university on wheels. I was reading like eight books to nine books a month. Sheesh. A month. Because it's audible. Mm-hmm. So I learned in college that when I read, I get sleepy. Mm-hmm. So that ain't the way I learn. I'm an audio person. Mm-hmm. If I can hear it, I can retain it. Mm-hmm. But if I read it, I might get a little drowsy. I may retain you know, 1% of it. But through Audible, I'm retaining like 10%. And then I don't read books one time, right? I read it three times. Periodically, yeah. You do it three times back to back? Back to back. Sheesh. Mm, But no, that's powerful because like- Now it's really being drilled in. You always catch a different gem out of the book or it hits you differently. Different part will hit you, like be more timely for you at different parts of your life. Like So I think that's real good that you talk about it, like revisiting it three times, like right back to back. Because I always do it like periodically. Like I might listen- once, and then like maybe three, four months again, I would circle back, see what they was talking about, you know. The first time you read it, you learn new information about something you never knew about. Mm-hmm. The second time you read it, you learn new information about something that you've known your entire life, and that's you. Mm. You learn something about you mm-hmm. when you read it. Break that down, my brother. Break that down? Yeah, break that down. Man. So let's say you never picked up a real estate book before, mm-hmm. right? Okay, or entrepreneurial book or financial literacy book, whatever. We're going to go with financial literacy. You never picked it up before. Okay, and you learn that budgeting is important because budgeting allows for you to essentially have discretionary income so that you can leverage to invest, to you know plan for retirement, to do whatever the hell you want to do with it. Right? You learn the importance of these things. However, the second time you read it, You start learning things about you and those things that you begin to learn is like, yo, I'm not doing any of these things. You may pick that up on the first read, but it gets a bit more granular than that. You start to really see like, damn, why was these principles not instilled in me? Mm. Where through the chain, through my family, did we lose this? Right. How come I didn't know this information? Right, You start to learn different things about yourself the second time you read it. And the second time you read it, that's when that shit hit home. Mm. The first time it's like, okay, this new information, I should do X, Y, Z, woo, woo. All right, cool. The second time you read it, yeah, that's when it hit different. That's why I always read books three times in a row. Right, I'll get through a book, chill. You know, I'll do something else for a little bit, but I won't pick up my next book until I revisit that first book again. Mm. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. 
Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. I'm glad you brought that up because I told someone else that I read books, you know, more than once. Or sometimes another thing, I'll listen to one book while listening to another one. It's like, why are you doing that? I was like, it's the same thing as music. Like, if I can listen to two different albums in the same weekend, why can't I listen to two different books? Or why can't I sit, listen to the same book over and over again as well? But I've never done what you said like the three times in a row. But it makes so much sense just because with repetition and even whenever you think about anything, sports, music, any type of thing, you got to take those reps, right? Repetition exactly. is the You got to get them reps. If you working out, you got to get enough reps to make sure your muscles remember that. If you're playing basketball, you got to get enough shots for you to make sure that you get that muscle memory in your form and there everything you like that. If you're going to be the best salesman you want to be, guess what? You got to get how many cold calls in a day? You got to get the reps. So it's only right whenever you're educating yourself as well, too, to start getting those reps, too. So mm. I appreciate you for saying that, my brother, because now I got to start getting some reps on my books. Mm. You just sparked something. You just sparked something in me. So I'm a sales guy, too, by the way. I made my first six figures in network marketing, right? And it's congruent to what I'm about to say because when you're doing something for the first time, you have to make up what you lack in skill and volume. Mm. You have to make up what you lack in skill and volume. So if you've never pitched to somebody before, mm -hmm. then that means you need to go and start practicing pitching. Just go out there and do it. You got to keep doing it. The more you do it, the better that you are at doing it. You can execute, mm -hmm. right? So that's a principle that I live by, right? If I don't know something, then I know immediately. If it's my first time doing something, I don't know how to do it. I know that, okay, cool. I got to make up in value what I like in skill. The more that I do it, the better I'm going to get. It may take me a bit longer than it take David, mm -hmm. right? But that's cool because I got to make up in value what I like in skill. And a lot of people don't even understand that. Like, you got to put the work in. Even with, like, with us with podcasts, and we just hit 100. I still don't think we've scratched the surface at how great we're going to be with podcasts. Oh, yeah. Like, the reps has still got to be put in. Yeah. Every Saturday we putting in reps, but at the same time, we get better and better. Every time. I, I know because every time I listen to our podcast, I'll be like, man, I need to stop saying like so much. Man, I need to stop doing this. Mm. Man, let's make sure we take a pause right here yeah, let's change so we can this transition. This yeah. yeah. So even whatever you're doing, and that's the most important part, is analyzing what you're doing wrong. Because sometimes people take all the reps but they're doing this so wrong. Now you've then built a bad habit mm. of doing things the incorrect way. Mm. So sometimes you got to take a moment to actually analyze, okay, if I'm shooting and I put up 100 shots, I only hit 25% or I hit, let's say, 10%. I need to change what, my form. What, what am I doing? I need to change my form, right? How can I increase that percentage? If I'm taking 100 sales calls and I only close... One deal per every 100 sales call, how can I increase that? Am I giving my pitch too early? Am I not providing enough value with whatever type of product or whatever type of service I'm providing? Mm. You got to start being analytical and really start understanding. Along with the reps, you also need to understand what's working right and what's not working for you. Absolutely. How can I get better? Mm -hmm. How can I get better? If I can get better 1% every day, that's what? In a year. 365%. 365%. That's 365%. And 
Jalen, you strike me again when you mention that word habit, mm-hmm. right? To me, success, and everybody defines success differently, right? Everybody got their own definition, but your success lies in your habits. Mm-hmm. Talk to the first 30 years, you're developing your habits. From when you're born to 30, you're developing your habits. The later stages in your life, your habits are developing you. Mm. Ooh. Shit. Your habits are developing you. That's why it's important for us to be prosperity conscious now. Mm-hmm. Start developing, you know, good financial health habits now. Otherwise, we're not going to do nothing but create a snowball effect of bad habits mm. when we get older. And when we get older, typically expenses go up. Yep. Right. We now got life insurance. We got kids. Medical. Expenses. Right. Medical expenses. We got all that shit. So if you don't learn healthy financial habits now, imagine what it's going to be like as you get older. And it's not even about financial habits. Mm-hmm. It's just habits and in general. Habits in general. Yeah. Going to the gym, making sure you work out, make sure you stretch 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day. All of those things. Like, yeah, just doing my stretch shit, man. That shouldn't change your life. <laughs> and managing how you talk to yourself. Mm, that's, that's a big one. That's, that's one of the biggest ones. That's the fear. Me and David even had this conversation. What there was? Maybe two weeks ago? Uh, a week ago? Yeah. Like, even some of the smallest things that you say. If you're saying, you know, I might do it or... The things you I, say reinforce your belief system. Mm, and we all know that you can't do anything that's beneath your belief system. <laughs> Come on, man. This brother good. Come on, man. You can't do nothing below your belief system. It's impossible. The moment that you begin to believe that you can't achieve it, you've already lost the race. Mm-hmm. Before the race even started, you've already lost. Because you was writing it off. He's like, I mean, I'm going to lose. <laughs> I'm going to lose. Oh, I'm going to try to make it work. Let no. me just go out there and try. No. Right? You have to develop the mindset that it has to work or it has to work. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then you're already signaling to the universe that, yo, I'm not really all in. Mm-hmm. Right? If you want some shit to work, you got to be all in. When Jeff Bezos started Amazon, he was all in. He was all the way in. When asked his parents for the, like half their life savings type shit. When Grant Cardone started Cardone Capital, he was all the way in because he believed in him. Right? And for a lot of us, we don't believe in us. Right? We don't know how to have healthy conversations with ourselves and we don't trust ourselves and that's why we don't self-educate. We don't self-educate because we think that if we do, it's not going to work. Or we think that if we do, I'm not going to give it the attention that it deserves. Mm. I'm not ready for that right now. I'll start investing later. I'll start going to the gym later. I hate that one. Later don't exist. You got to start today. You got to start where you're at. Today, not tomorrow. Because tomorrow isn't promise. Mm -hmm. But you have today to make something beautiful of what you have. And that's why leaving the impact is so important for me. Mm-hmm. You have to leave an impact because are you going to be, is Jalen going to be another person that just, you know, graced the face of the earth, die, and then two weeks later after he died, nobody knows who the fuck he was? I can't do that. Don't want to go outside like that. You don't want to go out like that. I want to create something that will outlive me. And that's why mm-hmm. the word create is really a spiritual word. There's a lot of power in that word. You have the ability to create something. You can create. That means it wasn't here. Mm-hmm. But. You had a thought, you had an idea. And you brought it to life. And you brought it to life. You birthed something. Mm -hmm. So we should be asking ourselves, what is that thing going to be that I'm going to birth? Mm. 
And it got to be from your gifts because we all giving gifts. We that's all giving gifts. That's one of the natural gifts of human life. Like, we have that ability to create. No, ain't no animal on this planet. That, I mean, outside of, like, procreation, they ain't going to take something that didn't exist and create it out of nowhere. Yeah. Man. Bro. This is some good stuff, man. Hell yeah, man. Gee, I still want to get yeah, into Yeah, we didn't even get into the investing part, man. I want to get into the investing part. So, Eugene, man, want to ask you, like, you had the job. We're talking about using your job to fund your freedom. Yep. So, you, we built the financial habits up. We got into self-education that yep. year. What did it look like whenever you decided to first start investing in real estate? It was a nightmare. Mm. Wow. First real estate deal was hell. At the time, it was a complete failure. It was a complete failure. I thought I was going to have to file bankruptcy. Damn. Y'all know how to get the commercials. Peter Francis Geraci. Called Peter Francis I was calling Peter Francis Geraci. It's like, wait, you're one of y'all big lawyers out there? Bankruptcy. <laughs> you know, I was literally thinking like, yo, like, I'm stuck in this deal. I just need this deal to go away. I need to get out of this shit and start mm-hmm. over fresh. I don't care what it take. I don't care what I got to do. I need out. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it was. I'm talking sleepless nights. Right, I understood people had anxiety, mm-hmm. but I never understood what anxiety was until I felt it. Mm. That's when I realized that, like, yo, this is a real thing. You know, people are really going through some stuff out here because mm-hmm. I was people, right? And so it was a nightmare. How was it a nightmare? Long story short, I was looking for a property on the south side of Chicago, and I wanted to buy a property. And this is the reason why I created my course. I wanted to buy a property. That was already turnkey, mm-hmm. right? Move in, rent ready. I don't got to do nothing but just move in. Sound great. Right? Cash flow from day one. Cash flow from grade one, right? Give me a tenant, done. However, I had my mind set on a particular area on the south side of Chicago, mm-hmm. Woodlawn. If you're from Chicago, you know Woodlawn is a very, very good place to start investing. Right now, it's hard to get in the market in Woodlawn. You're going to pay Mm-hmm. To, to get in there now I was able to get in three years ago So I was able to get it at a great price mm-hmm. Right, this kind of price So I had my mind set on Woodline And I couldn't find anything And I ended up finding a place That they were selling And it had tenants in there mm-hmm. And it needed a rehab At the time I had an FHA 203k loan So, you know, I, FHA 203k gives you the ability to purchase As well as rehab and I was like, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to just get this one. It met my criteria, right? It was in the area. It was location. The price was decent. I could have did better with the price. The price was decent, but I was thirsty to get in. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that later. I was thirsty to get in, so I just wanted to have my first deal. Mm-hmm. I was so stuck on like, yo, I just need my first deal because I felt behind. Because mm-hmm. all my homies had properties, right? So I just wanted to get in the game to say I'm in the game, and I skipped one of the most important parts, and that was doing my due diligence up front. I didn't do all of my due diligence up front. Fast forward, bought the property, had three tenants in the property. Okay, cool. Now, I come to find out that these tenants hadn't paid rent in over a year. Sheesh. Granted, Damn. granted I don't care anyway because my mindset is, all right, well, I'm, I got to renovate the property anyway. So I want them out, Right. So listening to podcasts, networking, talking to people, you know, I come across this thing before I buy called Cash for Keys, mm-hmm. right? Cash I, for Keys. I've heard of Cash for Keys before. 
Yeah, so cash for keys, in short, is essentially you paying the tenant, the squatter, some form of monetary value, $100. To get them out of there. $1,000, $2,000. Hell, pick your price. $10,000, depending on how bad you want them out. To get them out of there. To get them out, to hand over them keys. Depending on the state that you live in, Illinois is a pro-tenant state. Mm. So you can't just kick nobody out. Right? You can't just do that. Depending on where you go, you can get away with some stuff. Indiana, you know, Illinois, not happening. So I had three tenants in there. So I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I learned about Cash for Keys on this podcast, whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm going to just do that. Mm-hmm. Telling everybody it's my plan. Yeah, I'm going to do Cash for Keys. So like, Sweet. With Cash for Keys, like you doing paperwork with these people still? Or you can't. Like, or you, you just can, basically hand them like, hey, look, this is what we did. I Hit us some money, get my goddamn keys. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. You can do a contract, whatever you want to do. Yeah. It's okay. up to you. Right? So, for me, it was just like, all right, cool. How much does it take for me to get you out? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, cool. You know what? I'll pay to move your shit to. Right? Mm-hmm. I'll pay to move you. You, you ain't got to worry you about. You making the deal sound so good, So too. good. They like, I'm going to move out this month. Oh, we gone. Come on. Are you going to pay for me to relocate everything? Yes. I think I need you out. You got a job, too, nigga? That's what they probably think. <laughs> now, the reality of it is... <laughs> There are people who know the system very well, mm-hmm. and they play the system to a T. Mm. Yeah, that's their game. That's, that's, that's how they game. live. That's how they live. So for me, it was like, all right, cool, I'm going to do cash for keys. So I started offering these tenants cash for keys, and then they were spending me the whole time, saying they was looking for places. You know, they really wasn't looking for places, and then I'm trying to find places for them to move as well. Their income was low. They didn't really have a lot of income. Was it Section 8? They were not Section 8. These were tenants that had, these was long-term tenants mm-hmm. that was there. The woman I bought the property from, she was in her late 70s, and she couldn't keep up with yeah, it no just, more. You know, that's why she allowed them to be there for over a year and not paying their rent. rent. Yeah. She could have easily got the eviction process started, but mm-hmm. for what reason she didn't do it, I don't know. She probably just ain't want to deal with this shit. She probably ain't want to deal with it no more. So I had these three tenants in there that was spending me. And I'm thinking I'm going to be able to do cash for keys. I'm looking for apartments for them. Mm-hmm. They just spending me, spending me, spending me. And I'm just like, yo, because like, you paying that note. The bank don't care. Yeah. They want their money up front. Now, however, with the 203K, you do have the opportunity to wrap some of the mortgage payments in the loan as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I wrapped two months of the mortgage payments in the loan as well. So I didn't have to make no mortgage payments for two months. So they at least bought me some time. So, you know, that's all the time I thought I would need. And so, wanted me to get them out. This place on here. So, long story short, they was finessing me. Mm-hmm. They didn't leave. So, they're like, all right, cool. Screw this. I'm about to start the eviction process. And I had to end up evicting them. It took mm-hmm. me eight months to get them out. I Jeez. want to ask you that. How costly is the eviction process? Depends. I think in I probably pro, Especially spent, in a pro-tenant state. I think I probably spent like between 35 and like 45 to get them out. That's including you paying for the keys? Or that's just the eviction no, process? No, no. That was like... That was my attorney. That was um, hiring a process server. Mm-hmm. That was um, just court shit. Like it was just that, you know, that whole process within itself was like thirty five to like forty five hundred. I can't remember exactly what yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. but it was over three thousand for sure. Appreciate you sharing that. The reason I asked was just because, like, I hear about the eviction process and all. And, like, I know it involves the court, and that's more costs associated with the ownership, mm-hmm. which probably help make this a nightmare as you explained it to us. Yeah. I was just going to ask really quick, just how, so you said it took eight months to get them out. Mm-hmm. What is going on during this eight month process? Because like, I mean, I'm maybe just because we're from Louisiana and like, I definitely think we're more pro landlord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
Things like red, we just red, red you states. Like you, yeah. you know, you, you're not paying, you gone. You kick yeah. out. I done seen people come, landlords come and take people's stuff. Yeah, they like, put their shit on the road. Them, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? So like, change the locks, throw your shit on the street. What was the like, process of this, this eight months trying to get it? Like, did you have to prove that they had to pay rent? Or like, what was going on? Yeah, so it's the state of Illinois. State of Illinois is a pro-tenant state. Mm-hmm. And up north, it's cold nine months out of the year. So you can't just evict nobody in the wintertime. The state not going to just allow you to do that. So it was that season. Yeah, it was that season. So I had to wait to get them out. And then it was folks, like, not showing up to court on time or they would come to court with, like, these fake accusations and stuff like that that was kind of, like, extending the process mm-hmm. out a little bit as well. But the primary reason on why was because of the season. Damn. Yeah, oh, okay. and then you got all these people filing for eviction too. You know, you you get on the list, so you just gotta wait until the list kind of starts to go down until you, your name yeah, come up, your name and your you know the people that you evicting come up, and then you gotta actually go through the process of serving them too. You know, what I'm saying so that took a minute because they wouldn't come to the door. You know, you gotta give it to them. You gotta physically yeah. serve them the paper, like be in their face. The now there are some caveats to that as well, where we could like, I the tenant is not unresponsive. You know what I'm saying? And process service, just put it on the door, take a photo of it, and be done. However, you know, somebody with integrity, they have to give the tenant a fair chance mm-hmm. to essentially get served, properly served. So yeah, it took a while for me to get them out. So it took about eight months. Now, with that being said, so I had the tenant problem, right? I'm carrying a note. Right, heard about cash for keys. Thought I was gonna be able to do this cash for keys thing. I learned on this podcast. How, how much you offered them for the cash for keys? Man, I offered them like three bands a piece. Sheesh, that was including the relocation fees and all that. That was everything. Like here, like I give you three grand to go, bro. They wasn't trying to go. So you were right around twelve already, on top of purchasing the property and having to renovate as well. When you say twelve, what's twelve? The lawyer fees plus the three a piece. Well, I didn't pay. I didn't pay them. I never did the cash. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool. I, cool. Didn't, I didn't do the cash for keys. It actually was cheaper to evict them than do yeah, cash for keys. It was, okay, it was, See, definitely. Cheaper. I, whenever you said they were spinning you, yeah. I thought you had gave them the money. No, but they was no. bullshitting you. Yeah, okay, no, I got no, you. We didn't do that one. Yeah, no, ain't gotta wake up pretty early to finish it out. I ain't no goofy, but I was just trying to be nice, man, because you know I don't promote this placement. You know what I'm saying? I don't think nobody with a kind heart does. You know, the reality of it is that when you're investing in real estate, it is a business, right? It's not a hobby. It is a business. So you have to treat it as a business. If not, you're going to get paid like it's a hobby. Mm. So for me, it was just like, all right, cool. Had to get through that process. Now, imagine going through that process. So when you're closing on a 203K, you have to have a general contract to record it, mm-hmm. right? That's going to be that individual, him or her, is responsible for bringing that property back to life. Their license is on the line, all these different things, right? Mm-hmm. And so I needed a general contractor. And I learned so much about this deal, man, about like energy when stuff just doesn't feel right, when you got to force every single thing to like, you know, work out. It is mm-hmm. not, you already going, you're going to be yeah. fucked later, right? So I was like forcing all these things at the very beginning because I wanted the deal so bad. Biggest mistake I ever made. Now, so I have to have a general contractor, I sourced a general contractor from this developer I knew in Chicago. All he does is new construction, new development. That's it. And, you know, that's somebody that I trusted, you know. And then he gave me somebody that did work for him one time, but it wasn't general contracting work. He just did like a little, you know, something like in the kitchen or something. Mm -hmm. He maybe gave him the kitchen. He did good work. 
So he referred me to dude because, you know, dude was, he was trying to build a relationship or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he felt bad about it. And I'll tell you what happened between me and him later. So I sourced a general contractor. This general contractor essentially screwed me out of over $50,000. Sheesh. Through the 203K loan? Through the 203K loan. Damn, I thought like whenever you do FHA, there's FHA 203K, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Whenever you do that, I thought it had to be like a vetted list of vendors that they had, that they used. Yeah, so here's how it worked for me. Mm -hmm. So some lending institutions do things very differently. Yeah. For me specifically, what happens is you get a HUD consultant. Right, that HUD consultant acts in your best interest. Mm -hmm. Him or her is there to essentially protect you as a first-time home buyer when you're doing a renovation because you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. Right, and so they work congruently in alignment with the general contractor. So what happens is, as the general contractor starts performing work on the property, that HUD consultant comes in when it's time for a draw and mm -hmm. inspects the property inspects okay. the work to ensure that the property was done up to code and with the highest level of integrity before they authorize a draw for that general contract to be paid out so they can move on to the next phase. I got you. Okay. I knew that there was like an intermediary. Like they're not just going to give out all the money at once. Yeah. Yeah, no, hell no. They're not going to give. In fact, as a general contractor, you have to front the money. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some cases where some lending institutions will allow for you to get a material draw only. Is that what you had to do? No, I didn't do that. So my general contractor, man, this dude was robbing Peter to pay Paul. He essentially, of course, he was fronting his own money, but he was getting money from other projects, mm -hmm. putting it into my project. And then I already know whoever he got that money from was probably waiting on him to get money back from my project to get back over there to start working on her yeah. project. Right. And then that just delays time. The more time, the more money. People got carrying costs. Limiting your resources, spreading everything. people thin. So this general contractor screwed me out of 50000 and my HUD consultant was also not literate enough as well to essentially be on my job. Imagine this dude been a HUD consultant for 20 years, but he was approving work that wasn't done as it was written in the scope of work. Mm. Right. And he would get like, for example, in the scope of work, it would say something like, let's just say complete tear off of rubber roof. And put new roof, lay new roof, whatever, right? As an example. So instead, what he would do is he would just silver coat the roof, right? So when you silver coat a roof, it's just mm -hmm. like almost just like paint the roof. You're just yeah. sealing it up. You mm -hmm. just paint the roof, right? It's recommended that you do that at least once a year or at least on once every two aluminum years. Roofs. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just silver coating. That's all you're doing. Boom, on aluminum roof, right? So in this example, let's just say he silver coated the roof instead of doing a complete tear off. When you're doing a complete tear-off, you got all these other additional expenses that are associated mm -hmm. with that as well. You may need a dumpster. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You may need X, Y, Z. You got to go buy the material. You got to get the people, you know, put everything to back. Tear, yeah. It's more of a heavy lifting project. You might even have some more. Once you tear the roof off, you might find more things that you need to fix. Possibly. Right? So hypothetically, let's just say that's like 15, 20,000. Right? We're just throwing mm -hmm. numbers out there. This is just as an example. Mm -hmm. Right? But he only silver coated the roof. And then when it was time for the draw for him to get paid on the roof, he would get paid as if he did a complete tear-off. Wow. Sheesh. But he didn't. He only did a silver coat. Damn. So a, That was a bad damn HUD officer. The HUD consultant skipped it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The HUD consultant skipped it. Mm -hmm. Right? And then I also skipped it, too. At the same time, I'm a first-time home buyer. The I don't know what I don't know. supposed to be walking you through this shit. I don't know that we should be essentially redoing the scope of work. 
for that specific line item and changing it to, oh, hey, we're just going to just silver coat it and not do a complete tear off and then adjust the price point for that line item. Right. And or put that money back into the contingency or allow for me to have some additional options on what I want to do with my renovation. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm not spending an extra 10 grand to do something that we ain't doing. Right. So it was those small pieces as well that my hug consultant missed. Mm. Right. And you probably may be in here like, damn, was they working together? <laughs> you be like, you be like, you be like, yo, like, was they working together? Was they back doing? No, I just think I had a hug consultant that was just moving too fast. Mm-hmm. And that had other projects that he was working on as well, and he was just missing pieces. So it was little small things like that that kind of like hurted me in terms of like you know finances. Now, also there was things he just didn't do right. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to redo my plumbing. I had to redo my electrical. I had to damn near electrical regut. Is, is expensive. Yeah, I had, I had to damn near regut a lot of the stuff that he did, and I had to start all over. Damn. But I had already paid him out. 70000 some, you know, I already paid them out money. So where am I going to come up with this additional funds to get my project to where it need to be? Mm-hmm. And that's why you were considering filing bankruptcy. Like, Bingo. I just need to get out of this shit. I need to get out of it. Now, now imagine, of course, I have multiple streams of income. Yeah. I'd already, you know, I had my network marketing business that mm-hmm. I've made my first six figures in. So I had money, but damn, do I want to put 60 bands in here? You know what I'm saying? Like, is this deal worth it? Yeah. Long term? Or can I just do a BK and go put my 60, my 100 grand someplace else and start over? Maybe, maybe I can go partner with some folks and let's get it right the next time. These mm-hmm. are the things that I'm thinking about in my head, right? And then every other general contractor that I would bring in to give me a bid on my scope of work for the property, it was like crazy high. Mm-hmm. And so I mentally checked out of the deal. I mentally checked out of the deal. For folks that was listening to Double Up Podcast, you hear me talk about it all the time. Like, man, you know, yeah, it ain't going right. You know, I just wasn't there no more. I tapped out. I gave up on real mm-hmm. estate. Mm. Personally. I'm going to tell you straight up. I gave up. I was like, yo, like, no, nah, this ain't finna work. Yeah. I need to do something else. Right? This is where it's important to have the proper relationships in your corner. Mm. Right? This is where things began to change for me. Yeah. So, Gene... How were your relationships and the relationships that you built, how did that help you shift and get back into that deal? Yeah, so the mentorships, right? So one of the mentors that I met in the program, that program through YAP, the YAP program was a real estate investor. Wow. You know, he was the one that got me in college. You know, he was the reason why I pledged the fraternity that I pledged. And I don't know why it took me so long to reach out. It was being hard-headed. I was being arrogant, hard-headed. You probably wanted to be self-made. I didn't want, yeah, I probably wanted to be self-made. I didn't want them to know that I was struggling, mm. you know, because everybody mm. was happy That's for me. That's a big one. Yeah. Everybody was happy for me. They was like, man, like, oh, we see you, bro. Like, you doing your thing, you know? Man, I had to come out. I need help. I don't know what to do. I'm stuck. I felt stuck. And when your back is against the wall, man, ain't no telling what you would do. Yeah. You know, I had this general contractor that screwed me over. You know, I got a self-defense company, man. I'm thinking about all types of things. You I'm know, I'm ask, from Chicago. And you don't want to know what I was going through my mind mm-hmm. to do to this dude. It's robbing season. No. <laughs> no, it was night-night yeah. season. Yeah. Get so, it back in blood. <laughs> <laughs> so so I ended up telling my mentor about what was happening. He was like, man, he was like, look, I'll help you out on this deal. But before I can help you, you got to help yourself. 
Wait, what you mean? Message. He said, before I can help you on this deal, you got to help yourself, meaning I need you to believe that it ain't over. Mm, that's powerful. He said, I, I can see the finish line. He's a real estate investor. He sees this shit all the time. He knows what's possible. Mm-hmm. He didn't deal with all these problems. He like, man, like you ain't got that much longer to go. I'm a new investor. I done ran this race already. This looked like, whoa, I got like, whoa to go. And then every general contract I have come in, give me a bid, price is like, whoa. Yeah. So it's like, all right, okay. He said, yeah, man, I'll help you. But before I help you, you know, you got to help yourself. So I take your project on for you. That's what he said. I just take it over for you. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was like, Mm-mm. people who don't pay, don't pay attention. If he just take over my project for me, he's about to handicap me. He going to take the project over for me because of our relationship and the love that we got as brothers, mentors. Right. And he's just a good, genuine dude. Mm-hmm. And he already in the business already anyway. It, it ain't, ain't going to hurt him. It ain't going to hurt him. You. Because he got to keep his people busy anyway. Because he don't want to lose them. Right? You When you get high quality subs, you want to keep them busy. You want to keep them busy because it's hard to get them back because they always chasing new money. But that's the next next topic. Mm-hmm. So I said, all right, people who don't pay, don't pay attention. So I said, how about this? Can you teach me how to do it? Teach me how to do it. Mm-hmm. He said, all right. So... I ended up becoming a general contractor myself. Oh. Right? Damn. And I ended up hiring him, paying him a consultant fee. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I pay him $1,000 a month as a consultant fee. To coach me through the deal. Mm-hmm. A part of him coaching me through the deal, I got his entire team. I got all his subs, but they working under me. So now I'm the general contractor on the deal. I control the money, right? I control the money. Mm-hmm. This Huck and so no, he done screwed up. So he willing to do whatever it take to make it right. Mm-hmm. Right? So now... I'm paying my mentor that I've known for forever to essentially mentor me and coach me through the deal. He's getting a consulting fee. Mm-hmm. So now he's getting paid. So now he has an obligation to help mm-hmm. me and even more of an obligation to help. It's already was like off, yeah, off strength if he, anyway. If, if he did it off strength, it would have been cool, but I'm rendering payment for these right. services. Now I'm rendering payments for the services. So now I know you're going to be a bit more yeah. prompt. Mm-hmm. You ain't going to just put me off to the side. I'm not going to be just like some side project because I still got that mortgage yeah. that I'm carrying. Right? I'm not going to just be this, this little side project. Now he paying me. Now I got his attention. People who don't pay, don't pay attention. It goes both ways. Mm. If you want to get somebody attention, pay. If you want to pay attention, pay. Right? That's why I don't believe in free. I don't believe in free. When you get free, it don't work. You don't value it. You don't value it. Public mm-hmm. education free. Right. So How many people value that? I ended up becoming a general contractor, and to speed up the story, I ended up bringing my property back to life. Mm-hmm. Took me four months, but not only was I able to become a general contractor, I got paid on my own deal. <sighs> That's hard. I was going to come out of pocket an extra 40000 50 for 
another general contractor. But I actually made money on my deal. Come on, man. So the money I made as being a general contractor on the deal was way more than enough to pay the little coaching fee. Mm-hmm. Right? So I learned that, oh, okay, I can get paid to renovate properties. Right? And then I can use that additional income that I received from renovating the property as leverage for a down payment for what? Another, Another property. property. Yeah. Right? So I got paid to renovate my deal, brought my deal back to life, and I ended up making about 20000 on the deal. So Damn. with being a general contractor, what type of work? Did you have to put some physical labor in there? Or did you just sub? I know you say you had access to his team. Yep. So did you just sub out everything and you was just basically project manager, making sure, hey, get it done. He's the coach telling you what to do and you just execute. Bro, I was working the job. I ain't lifting nothing. I ain't installing no door. I ain't picking up no hammer. I ain't drilling no nails. I'm not doing nothing. Why would I do that? Why? I don't have time. Mm -hmm. So I need to increase in time. How do I increase in time? By hiring other people. So for me as a general contractor, I sub about 120% of the work. (laughs) Right? I don't want to do anything. And the reality of it is that if you get high quality subs, people who care about their work, you don't got to micromanage everything. You got to micromanage everything. You got to be on them. Yeah. You got to make sure people doing what they're supposed to do in a manner that it should be done. But you ain't got to worry about, oh, did they show up today? Mm-hmm. You know they showed up because these are trades that care about the quality of their work and they got families. They got people they got to feed. They got to go home to. Mm-hmm. Right? So with real estate, bro, if you got the capital and you got the resources in a renovation space, you can win. And when I say the resources, I'm talking about high quality subs. They care about the quality of their work. Right? And what other better way to find them? Through other people that's already in the space. Mm-hmm. Because they, really they know. The hard work. They literally took the pain for you mm-hmm. from hiring the wrong people. Now, some general contractors or some investors don't want to give up their people. They selfish because they know if I give them to Eugene, okay, now they're going to be busy. Now they don't have time for my project. But I got this general contractor, my mentor that I paid mm-hmm. for coaching, and he gave me all his subs. So now these people, these high quality subs, they're my subs now. I got direct access to them now. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's how I ended up bringing the property back to life. And then on top of that, I also was networking mm-hmm. and I was able to receive, you know, additional funding that allowed for me to finance the deal. Because remember, as a general contractor, you have to have money to put into the deal mm-hmm. to last you to the next that. draw. Mm-hmm. So where does the money come from? Of course, I can use this 60 bands or this 100 bands or whatever I got in the bank. But why do that when I can just use other people's money? OPM. And keep my cash. Right. And keep my cash. Right. And then take the money I get from the draw, pay it off. It was a no brainer. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's how I was able to get out the deal. That's dope, man. Hey, turn sugar. I mean, shit into sugar. That made that situation sweet because... Man. And that's why I created my course, bro, because the reality of it is that I know, I just know I wasn't the only person to ever go through that. Mm-hmm. They started a renovation project and it didn't go well mm-hmm. and they got stuck, right? Or they can't find a property 
because they don't got the buying power to be able to afford the property because their job don't pay them enough. Mm-hmm. So they got to buy a property that's distressed and they got to renovate it. Right. What do those people do? Those people need something they can tap into. Mm-hmm. That's why I created the renovation game. Okay, that's why I, I created say, it. We got to talk. What's the name of the course? The renovation, the renovation game. game. That's why I created it. Even if you don't want to be a general contractor, mm-hmm. I'm teach, I will teach you how to manage the general contractor. And that's super beneficial. Yeah, that is it. very beneficial. Like, if you want to get into flips, you want to get into buy and hold, anything, at one point you're going to have to deal with If you're going to get into real estate, you're going to have to deal with doing some work on that For property. Sure. That's some very valuable information you're teaching people right there, man. Absolutely. Because the reality of the world that we live in right now and the real estate culture and the industry and the space within itself, damn near everybody is a general contractor. I hate general contractors, personally, and I'm one. Because everybody is a general contractor. So you got to know how to pick them and how to screen them, mm. right? So when I'm screening a general contractor or when I advise people, and I talk more about this in the course, but one way to screen a general contractor is go by their sites. Go see what the work they're actually doing. Don't just look at the pictures. Don't even look, bro. It gets more granular than that. Not just the work. The work can be good. The workers and everything like that. I want to know what the atmosphere is like. Mm. So you're just pulling up on site while they working on a project. Yeah. I want to know what the atmosphere is like. Y'all bullshitting or like you said, are y'all taking pride in what y'all doing? Is it messy in there? I want to know, is it messy in there? Is the project organized? Mm. Because if it's messy in there, guess how your shit going to look? Messy. And when you running, when you're doing a, a rehab, bro, you, you need to see. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have that vision. And when it's clutter and everything all in there, you can't see. There's too much going on. Mm-hmm. That's why you want things to be clean. Right? So I'm looking at what is the atmosphere? Right? And then on a 203K tip, this is just me. Because I done got screwed, so my bit a little rough when I advise. Don't bring on no general contractor if they ain't got a minimum of 40, 60 liquid. I need to see bank statements before I hire you. That makes sense, though, because, like, I need to know. You're not I, robbing Peter to pay for Because the reason he silver-coated your shit wasn't just because he couldn't. Bingo. It, he didn't have the fucking money to replace to the Bingo. material. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. Wait, wait, right? Great contracts. Oh, yeah, you're you dealing with contractors right now. Like, <laughs> I forgot about bro, that. I'm not, like, on air. I am not too proud to admit I'm literally in the exact same situation you're talking about. Like, bought the property, fucking with the property, getting it fixed up. God damn, no, none of y'all motherfuckers want to do no work. I'm willing to pay. Like, what's going on? What's the problem here? Like, but I swear it seems like the same thing happens every time you have people that are robbing Peter to pay Paul. Like, they'll take money from your project. Thing you know, they over there working on a different project. All right, cool, come here. I need you to finish this. Finish this. Mm-hmm. They'll come do a little bit. Like I had to do, hit me up. He finished a little bit of work. I ain't heard from you in a month. Come finish a little bit of work. Hey, can I get my payment? No, I haven't seen you. What about the rest of the project? You are halfway done. I don't understand. Man, it sounds like you need the renovation game oh, in your I life, my brother. I'm telling you, it's the real estate industry, bro. Mm-hmm. It's a total different ball game. And to me, that sounds like it's really like a blue ocean out there. Like, if you can figure out how to get this shit systematized and really get it right, I feel like you can make a fuck ton of money. Yeah. yeah. A fuck ton of money. Yeah. 
Now, at some point, I won't be GCing all of my projects. Mm-hmm. At some point, I want to hire a general contractor that I know, like, and trust, mm-hmm. you know, because I want a, a passive business, right? I do want a passive business. However, at this point in my career, I just have a hard time trusting general contractors, right? So I teach folks, man, exactly what they got to do because I don't want you to go through what I went through. Yeah, because you don't know what you don't know when you're getting into this shit. You don't know. It looked glitter, glamorous, but I promise you, bro, like you literally got to manage people. You can't be afraid to fire somebody on the spot. I'm firing folks on the spot. Yo, you done. Get off my site. No, I ain't paying you. Fire fast, hire slow. So it takes a different type of person, bro, Mm -hmm. to be able to hang out in that space. Mm -hmm. Like you said, who you got to become to make some things happen. It's who you have to become. Because it ain't an easy business. Rehabbing is not an easy business, man. Mm-hmm. But it's possible, right? It's possible. So, yeah, that was my first deal. Yeah. Hey, it's Sheesh. very possible. Hey, I just want everybody to know the renovation game, man. How much is your course? The course, $89.99. $89.99. That sounds like man. a hell that's of a, a deal. Yes, hey, Come on, man. Let's do something special for the people. Right here live on the show, man. Look, can BWR people get a little special Absolutely. discount, man? We throw a link down that five. 50% people. off. Let's go. Come on, man. Sheesh. Come on, man. Deals no. like that. <laughs> Deals like that, y'all. Come on. Let's 50% go. 50% off the renovation game. Let's go. have that down there. Link in the show notes. Like you said, my brother went through hella headaches. Y'all just heard the story of his first deal. Like, if you don't want to go through that, you don't want to be in that space where you feeling like, Damn, man, this is overwhelming. Shit, Jared just told you. Like, y'all get that special opportunity. I like that. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate all day. that. Appreciate that. So, all, day. all right, next thing I want to get into, you got the first deal out the way. Yeah. How the hell you scaled up to 30 so fast, bro? All right, cool. So, I'm a long-winded person. So, all right, this is how I got to 30. So, I was in a network marketing organization, mm-hmm. and they sold real estate education, right? It was a private real estate group. Now, you had some folks in there that just sold the products, and then you had some folks in there that actually was doing... The recruiting the, side. Well, not the, not the recruiting, but selling products is the, kind of like the recruiting. Mm-hmm. You know, they were selling products and they recruit. They just wanted to build a team, right, of folks that's going to be selling. But then you also had people that was actually investing, too, because mm-hmm. everybody know that in order to sell the product, the best way to do that is to be a byproduct of the product that you're selling, right? So a lot of folks that's that was truly true. successful... They were actually doing the work, mm-hmm. and then people were like, oh, yo, how the hell are you doing that? And then it was a lead for XYZ. Yeah. So I was inside this network marketing group, and I kind of like co-founded our office in Chicago, mm-hmm. right? So they had one in the northwestern suburbs, and then we had one in the actual city of Chicago. And so I was the youngest dude there. Everybody was like in their 40s, their 50s, you know, older guys, like people who've been in the game for a very long time. But again, mentors, right? I saw these people winning in the space, like, yo, let me connect with y'all. What do I got to do? Of course, I had to pay to be in the room. People who don't pay, don't pay attention. So I ended up teaching one of the modules every week on a Wednesday. Mm. Every Wednesday, I was teaching one of the modules. And so I had students. My students were like 30s and 40s. It was Occasionally, you had some students mm-hmm. that was like in their 20s or whatever, millennials. But the majority of it, they was old enough to be my mom or dad. And I had a credit repair business on the side as well. And so my original thought going into the business itself was, okay, cool. If I'm going to be a fix and flipper or if I'm going to be in the real estate space, I need to have the ability to be able to create a pipeline of buyers. And when I say a pipeline of buyers, I'm talking about qualified buyers, people who can close, close a, deal. a deal. 
So if I'm renovating something, then I don't want my shit sitting on the market for too long, right? Because I got David over here who I've been repairing his credit for six months, seven months. And now once I repair his credit, our credibility and validation is through the roof now. David loved me now. Right, because he's now in a position to where he can do whatever he wants, mm. credit-wise. He can go get the capital that he wants to start a business. He can go get a house. He can go get a car. He can go do some stuff. He can, he can play now. Right? So that, all right, cool, I need to create a pipeline of qualified buyers. Instead, that turned into me creating a pipeline of qualified buyers for partnerships. Mm. For partnerships. Some of my students had bad credit. They were good mm. people. Right, you got to be very, very selective on who you partner with with real estate mm-hmm. because it's like a marriage. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It can get real greasy, real greasy. I got one partnership that is not what I originally thought it would be, but that's neither here nor there. Everything else is, you know, congruent and in alignment with how things are supposed to go. Now, I had these students that I was in front of every Wednesday, mm-hmm. right? And I had a credit repair business, so. Some of these students, I was also repairing their credit, mm-hmm. right? And then some of these students, they really wanted to get in the real estate space, but they just didn't know how to get started. They was in the course, they was coming to the modules, but they was still had that fear. That analysis paralysis. Analysis yeah. paralysis. So they just needed a bit more coaching, a bit more guide. They need somebody in their ear like, yo, here, do this. Here, do that. Here, do this. I had the knowledge, mm-hmm. right? I had the knowledge. I had the experience. So it was like, all right, cool. I got the knowledge and the experience. And I also have money, right? But I already got an FHA loan. I can't do another FHA, FHA. loan until I refinance out, blah, 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 free myself from the FHA, you do it again, whatever. However, I got David over here who credit I just repaired. David got, got a job. Loan. David can go get a property. He can go qualify for an FHA loan. Yeah. And then I got the knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I know how to put the things together, right? I know how to analyze the deal, right? I know how to source deals. As a professional real estate investor, one of the things that you have to get very, very good at is generating leads. Mm-hmm. There should never be a shortage of deals, mm-hmm. right? But in most cases, there's a shortage of capital. A lot of folks don't know where to go to get the capital, mm-hmm. right? But it's never, it shouldn't be a shortage of deals. If you have a shortage of deals, you need to you figure that out. You got a mm-hmm. problem, Right. Everybody need a house. <laughs> Everybody need a crib. So I had these students. So David can now qualify for a crib. Mm-hmm. So, hey, David, let's partner, right? You let's you let's do it. You want, you, you, you want to create it. some cash yeah. flow, don't you? Yeah. Cool. I got you. I'll analyze the deal for you. I'll source the deal. And I'll make sure I position you in a matter where you can win. And then I know David don't got the capital because if he had the capital, he probably wouldn't be in a bad financial position to begin with. That's why he needed his credit repaired. So David don't got the capital either. However, David does have the credit now, mm-hmm. right? And he has the job, but the burning desire to want more. He just wants more. He just need help, mm-hmm. right? He don't got no money, but I got the money. So now I'm bringing two things to the table, right? I'm bringing money and I'm bringing my experience and my knowledge. So that's how I started to create partnerships. Mm. So all the other properties that I got, we got via FHA. Damn. Three and a half percent down in my sleep. And then the way that I set it up was hypothetically, right? Let's just run some basic numbers. Let's just say to close, we got to bring 10000 to the closing table. Mm-hmm. A check. 
If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Right. Okay, cool. I provided the 10000 However, once we got that property cash flowing, all of my partners, mm-hmm. they did not receive no income until I got my $10,000 back. Okay. Okay, so the $10,000 was basically like a debt note, and then you had equity in the property. Bingo. Boom. Oh, that's a damn uh, good deal right there. Bingo. You don't have to put nothing up. I recruit my money, and then from there, we both cash flowing. That's a win. It's a win. You get what you want, I get what I want, and then I got my $10,000 that I can go put in rotation again. Right? If we set it up hypothetically, let's mm-hmm. just say, you know, we buy something that nets $1,000 a month, 10 months, I get my $10,000 back. Okay, cool. I got my 10 k back. Mm-hmm. Right? Obviously, it wouldn't be, you know, 10 k We got to keep money in the bank for, you know, maintenance and all that stuff, vacancies, whatever. Right? But the reality of it is that that was the system that I did. Mm-hmm. You know? So, when they were doing this, did y'all have a focus on multifamily properties? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, single-family homes appreciate faster in value Mm-hmm. Then multifamily. However, you make up for that in the cash flow mm-hmm. of multifamily, right? So yeah, everything was multifamily. And whenever these people were purchasing this, they were moving into the units as well. No. Okay. So you kept them out of there so you can generate as much cash flow as you can. Absolutely. Oh, you breaking rules, Gene. When you have an FHA, you have to live in the property. Okay, cool. Well, let's set up some mail. To go to this property with your name in it, and now you live there. Boom. But that helps you recoup that much faster, because now if you got two to three units generating a thousand, when you said netting a thousand, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. You have to be multifamily to get netting a thousand, because a single family home, what, netting on a regular one, like three, four hundred with a mortgage and shit? Yeah, like, yeah, depending on how the number's set up. Yeah. What you got, Jay? Say shit. I mean, if the hood man out here is sending out free checks, Hell, ain't nobody coming to check and see if you live there. Hell. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. Ain't nobody coming. coming you know, the people closing on the FHA loan right now, probably was like 100, 2,000 closings someplace in the world. Ain't nobody, look, who coming? Ain't, never ain't up. nobody coming. So that's how we set it up. I always preach and teach that the two most important words in real estate is equity and cash flow. Mm. Equity, cash flow. I'm a guy that just go, I live off principles. Mm-hmm. Principles and concepts is what I live to get me to where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? I can't remember every single thing. But if I can remember these basic principles and concepts, I know I can win. Another basic principle and concept that we need to understand in real estate. Buy it right, pay it down, pay it off. Buy it right, pay it down, pay it off. Mm-hmm. Right? So is these basic concepts is so simple, it ain't easy. If it were easy, everybody would do it. Mm. Right? So, yeah, that's the game. Sheesh. That's good That's game, how you right go there. from 1 to 31. And how short of a time span did you do that? Bro, I was, like, determined. Like, from, I say three years, from 2018 to 2021. That's about Basically, 10, like, 10, 10 properties that's, that's a year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we was going. 31 units. Mm-hmm. Not 31 properties. Properties, yeah. units, 31 units. units. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, that's hard. So, and my goal is 100. You got it, bro. I, I know yeah, it. My shit. goal is 100. And at some point, I want to move into commercial. That's where I'm mm-hmm. going next. 
is just buying straight commercial. Like a lot of folks, they want to do, you know, new development. And I think new development is cool. However, that's not my game I want to play. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I don't want to play that game is because I want cash flow. Mm-hmm. Right when I buy, I want, I want the cash flow immediately. We got to link in with our dude Maurice, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, Maurice, Maurice Beast, Beast, man. man. Mm. He got over a thousand doors, man. Ooh. Yeah. Maurice is turned up, bro. So we're going to definitely have to do that. And Gene, I want to pivot to our last section of the show, really and truly, with you, my brother. It's called What's in Your World? What's in Your World is a section where it could be something from TL, something you saw on the TV, you was flying. Yeah, you was flying. And it's just something that you sparked your interest. Like, I kind of want to talk about that. I kind of want to expound upon that. So, pretty much anything that you saw. Okay, what's in my world? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I would say it's not on my timeline, but something that I do feel strongly about that I don't think that a lot of people pay attention to is their energy and how the energy they give off in the world as it relates to what they post, what they tweet, what their captions is, how they leverage the people and the things that's around them. And for me, I had somebody tell me, I think I talked about this on Andre's page, people always be posting or saying like, man, only if I had just a little bit more time, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll be able to go and start investing or, you know, I can go and get in the gym or, you know, whatever it is they can go do if they only had a little bit more time. You won't have no more time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something I strongly believe in. You won't. The only way that you can get to where you're trying to go is if you increase in value. That's it. You have to increase in value. So for me, what blows me is when people procrastinate. I procrastinate too. I'm not perfect. Everybody, yeah. Everybody procrastinate. To a degree. But don't procrastinate on your future. Mm. Don't procrastinate on your future. Mm-hmm. You know, because we all got an expiration date. You know what I'm saying? You don't know when it is. You don't know when it is. So I understand that you want to, you know, live now, kick it while you're young. At the same time, I also would rather pay the price now to pay any price I want in the future. Come on now. So for a lot of folks, they just be like, oh, man, you're a workaholic. You this, you that. Well, I just know what's important. Mm. You know, I have a certain value system or a certain standard that I stand on. And for me... When I set goals, they're really not goals. They're standards. These are things that I have to get done. These are things that I'm committed to getting done. So do you have goals or do you have commitments? Two different things. Two different things. Do you have goals or do you have commitments? Because anybody can have a goal. Not everybody reached their goals. Not everybody reached their goals. But when you committed to something... You're going to make it happen. You're going to make it happen. Anywhere in your power, you're going to make it happen. You're going to make it happen. So I have a commitment board Mm. that I look at every day, a commitment board. And I look at my commitments. You know, what did I commit to? I remind myself of what's important when shit get hard, when stuff get tough. And I also understand that in order for me to receive more, I have to be grateful for what I do have right now. Mm. And I have a gratitude journal as well. Right, so for a lot of people, that blows me. I don't know if that answers the question. Nah, or not, man, that, that's but, a great but answer. That really irritates me when people be like, "Yo, if only I had a little bit more time." Mm-hmm. Just making an excuse. It's just an excuse. Day. You know, you're telling me that you don't believe in you. Immediately when I hear like certain things, all excuses is reasons for why I don't believe in me. That's all an excuse is. Whenever you hear somebody give an excuse about something, 
All they're telling you is, I don't believe in me. I don't think I can get this done. I don't think I can get it done. Like you said, everybody got the same 24 hours at the end of the day. Exactly. It's about the value you place on that 24 hours and that you provide within that same 24. Yeah. Mm. I love it. Gene, I got one more question for Let's you. Let's do it. Since you're such a reader, my brother. Yeah. What's a book that you would leave for anybody to read or suggest for them to read? Take it to that next level. Mm. So you got to have a blend, right? It's not just about the financial literacy yeah. piece. That's important. But there's actually some stuff that you got to do before you can get the financial stuff that you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the personal development. A lot of us are dealing with a lot of internal roadblocks, mm. right? We're not having those positive conversations with ourselves. We don't trust ourselves, right? We don't know what's possible. We put limits on ourselves. And I remember somebody was like, oh, I'm good with what I have right now. Why do I need more money? It's like, what? I heard that shit too. I'm like, it's fucking crazy. Why would you not want more money? The more money that you have means the more resource and more power that you have to actually affect change in the world, right? You got babies over in Africa that don't got shoes. They don't got clean water. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to change the world, then become wealthy. I feel like when people say stuff like that, they try to demonize people that want money as greedy. Mm-hmm. When in all reality, I think it's just kind of selfish on their part. Like, I got enough for me, so I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. So to answer the question, one book that I would recommend everybody to read is, can I give two? Yeah. yeah do you think. The first one, Bob Proctor, You Were Born Rich. Hmm. Bob Proctor, You Were Born Rich. Oh, my phone. Y'all write that one down. Okay. <laughs> and it teaches you how abundance is your birthright. We were all born to live an abundant lifestyle. God didn't put you here for you to be average or your higher source or whatever you want to call your higher source, Right. They didn't put you here. He didn't put you here. She didn't put you here for you to just be average. They put you here for a cause. They put you here for a purpose. And you have to find out what that purpose is. And you got to commit to it. So the first one I would recommend is Bob Proctor, You Were Born Rich. You can go to YouTube and watch it. He actually did a whole lecture on it. Video. I'm going to check that one out. It's long, but it is powerful, bro. That's the first one. The second one. I would recommend you got to read this every year. I read this book every single year. Napoleon Hill, Outwitting the Devil. I do. That's a great one. Because I do it too, my brother. That's a great one. Every single When you were talking about faith and fear, that's what I was thinking about. That one and Think and Grow Rich. I read both of those every year. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Then would be the two that I would say prioritize and then take to the next level. In terms of the financial piece, Everybody start out with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. Um, cash Flow Quadrant is good. Retire Young, Retire Rich is good. Another one I think people are slept on is Tax-Free Wealth, which is in Robert Kiyosaki's wheelhouse as well. Mm. It's called Tax-Free Wealth. I would get that book. I would read it. I would you know understand it, learn it. Because the reality of it is that three times two. If you really want to build wealth, in my personal humble opinion, there's two things that you have to understand, and that's debt and taxes. How to leverage debt mm-hmm. to make you money, and then as you make the money, you need to learn the tax 
space will hire somebody that's in the tax space to also help you keep some of that money. Mm -hmm. So for me, if you truly want to build infinite wealth, you need to understand and learn debt and taxes. That's a bet. Gems, man. I got them all written down. Yeah, I know how, you got me about to throw out with the devil when I ride back home today, man. I got to finish the wealth yeah. choice. I'm like 30 minutes left. But. Yeah, I'm about like, oh, yeah. to run that bit back. Well, Eugene, my brother, we want to say thank you so much, man. This has been a dope-ass yeah. podcast, yeah. man. Appreciate you pulling up, really coming in and sharing your journey. Man, we ain't even get through everything, bro. Yeah, like, bro. Once you move back, once you move here, we got to get another one. we got to do part two, because we ain't even get to talk about the self-defense. Class. I don't even know when it came in, but we're going to get to it. Yeah, we got a few things we got to come back and touch on. Yeah. So, Eugene, before we get out of here, man, I want to ask you, like, to tell everybody how they can follow you. Uh, If they want to work with you, how can they do that, you know? They want to listen to y'all podcast. You mentioned it, the Double Up podcast, where they can find you at, all that stuff. Yeah, plug yourself in. Absolutely. So before I get into that, I just want to thank y'all, you know, because I've been following y'all for a while. You know, I appreciate everything y'all do for the culture. It's important. You know what I'm saying? It's not only important, but it's necessary. You know, it's necessary. What y'all are doing is y'all living up to y'all calling. Thank you. you. This is what y'all were here to do. You know, so I want to encourage y'all to keep going. You know what I'm saying? Keep doing what you're doing. Y'all changing lives. You know, people who y'all don't even know. It's thanking y'all right now. They thanking Black Wealth Renaissance. They thanking y'all for everything that y'all do. So when it's humbly say, I appreciate y'all. You know what I'm saying? Everything y'all do for the culture. In terms of finding me, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore underscore Mr. Marshall. If you're looking to invest in real estate and you want to take your assets and your lifestyle to the next level and leveraging real estate as a vehicle to do so, you can pick up the renovation game at therenogame.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-N-O. G-A-M-E dot com. So, y'all tap into that. Y'all follow my brother. He has been dropping hella game on Instagram and Twitter as well. So, y'all definitely tap into what he got going on. Once again, Gene, appreciate you for coming out, flying out, pulling up, my brother. Definitely appreciate just the support and everything as well. sir, yeah, man. And before we get up out of here, we're going to get into a few house cleaning notes. Once again, we want to say thank you to everyone who comes in week in, week out, for, you know, just really being so supportive of Black Author Renaissance. We definitely want to keep on pushing and we definitely keep on pushing for Mm y'all. Like Eugene said, we do get people who hit us up and say, you know, some of the things that y'all have done, y'all opened my eyes and y'all helped us out. So we do this for y'all. Thank y'all for being some solid listeners, for being supportive of us. And definitely, if y'all would like to support us more than just by listening to us and like to support us in a monetary way, y'all can definitely do that by donating via the link for our anchor or sign up for Black Wealth Renaissance Academy. Mm -hmm. If you want to access more things like what we just talked about and actually join a community that is committed to reaching and building generational wealth and really passing things down, join Black Wealth Renaissance Academy. It's been really amazing. Our students have been enjoying the value that we're placing in there. We speaking about life insurance, health insurance, We're speaking about setting up your retirement accounts, making sure that you're getting all of your company's benefits, really just understanding the principles about investing. And we're about to start up the book club. So we actually are going to, yeah, we're actually going to go into diving into the mindset first. And uh, the whole principle with the academy is making sure that we have a solid foundation before we really start building up this wealth. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that 
you are ready to receive the blessings and the abundance that's going to flow through you. So we want to make sure you got a solid foundation. So y'all definitely join that. And you can join BWR Academy for $27 a month. Uh, as a part of BWR Academy, you also can be a part of our savings challenge. We're on a mission to help a 1,000 families save $1 million collectively to invest, pay down debt, or like, you know, just try to really save and get their shit together. It's crazy out here, y'all. We see the statistics, like 78% of people living paycheck to paycheck, things of that nature. We just want to make sure we're doing our part in that regard and a community that can hold you accountable. That's what BWR Academy is. So like Jalen said, y'all come on down, join BWR Academy. Y'all got a lot of benefits to that if you do. Other than that, if y'all want to support us for free, as always, y'all leave that. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. These days, having versatile clothing you can wear anywhere is a must. That's why American Giant makes clothing that fits into your life and is made to last. Plus, with an impressive selection of staples to choose from, there's something for everyone. And it's all made right here in the USA. Find your new wardrobe staples at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your order when you use code WA23 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code WA23. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.